my guest tonight is uh, comic book writer George McHale. And George, my question for you is that uh, what is an unlikely comic book team up that you would like to see? Uh, like I said, off air, I kind of threw this at you. So I'll start. Uh, if you see in my background, you'll see a Nightwing and a Spider-Man uh, print. So you would think that that would be the team up that I would want, but thinking about it, I think I would want to see Booster Gold team up with Iron Man because I have a feeling that Iron Man wouldn't take like an ounce of Booster Gold's crap and I would be there for every page of it. Um, George, what about you? Yeah, no, that's, that's a good suggestion, dude. Uh, I like Booster Gold. I think he's underrated. You know, Dan Jurgens' uh, kind of creation of the character is like, pretty fantastic I, um for me uh, i've always had a soft spot for firestorm uh like back in the day when i was a kid they used to give out like free action figures at the gas station of like dc superpowers and so i'd like to see him cross over into the marvel universe and team up with wolverine i kind of mm. like the the scientist and, and you know the beer drinker kind of working together i don't know i, I think that'd be fine yeah so Marvel, DC, if you're if you're listening, hey, maybe maybe listen to us. <laughs> you're listening to the Geek Awakens with Mitch, Matt, Tabitha, Lydia, and Ticket. So, uh, like I said, we've got a very special guest today, uh, George McHale, comic book writer of the upcoming book Resilient. Uh, also, a couple other things we're going to talk to later on. Uh, George, how are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic, man. Good. Yeah, good. thanks so much for having me on the show. Not a problem. And, and again, sorry uh, for my Zoom issues uh, off air. Uh, people who have listened to the show before know that... Uh, you know, me and uh, electronics don't always mix. So, hey, it is what it is. So, um, like I said, you've got an upcoming book called Resilient. Uh, tell us a little bit about the book. Uh, so, Resilient is a comic book from Absolute Comics. Uh, they're the guys who do uh, White Widow, I Make Boys Cry. And uh, it's about uh, a judo teacher. She's a, a, a badass lady. She's married. She's trying to have a baby. It's not going very well. And then uh, she goes on a demining expedition in Cambodia and has her arms blown off. And then her husband, who has like kind of a tangled uh, relationship with the military, gets kind of swooped up in that history. And in the meantime, she gets like these badass um, mechanical like pink mecha arms that she controls with glasses uh, through her eye movements. And so this woman needs to go and rescue her husband uh, with her robot arms and her katana and there's blood and guts and car chases and action. So yeah, it's, it's pretty fun. I, I really tried to establish the characters really well in the first couple issues so that you care about them. You know, our, our, our heroine has, uh, she has the back history of having a hard time getting pregnant. She's going through this massive injury of losing her arms. So I really wanted everyone to care about these characters before this like crazy, uh, you know, gangster action happens and kicks in. And it, it, it's a fun book. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And you were, you were gracious enough to uh, let me check out the, the first issue. And 
one of the things that I really loved about it was, uh, yeah, like what you're talking about is some super heavy, super intense stuff. But like you were a also able to add a lot of humor to some of those scenes. Uh, one that really struck out and I don't want to go into too much detail, but I had a certain Tracy Chapman song stuck in my head the rest of the day. And it's one of my favorite Tracy Chapman songs. So like, I really appreciate that. <laughs> Uh, but from a writer's standpoint, how do you decide when a certain moment needs a little levity? Well, that starts pretty early on the, in the planning stages. You know, everyone has like these kind of funny experiences in their life, you know, funny things that their friends have said. And I'm right there, you know, as a, as a, as a writer, if someone says something funny at a bar, I'm whipping out my phone and I'm, I'm making a note of that, you know, just to use it one day down the line. And so in the planning uh, uh, aspect of, of making a comic book, I do think about like, where am I going to put in these, these aspects of levity? Cause I do like kind of grim and gritty and serious stuff, but you also kind of have to let it breathe a little bit. One aspect in that book is um, there's a scene in there and it's going to pay off later in the series, but there's a scene in there where um, uh, the, uh, the husband character column is, is stand, standing at the urinal and, uh, and the, and a guy like pisses on him and uh I, I, one night uh, I was having a few too many beers and we were at a comedy show and I, I just go to the, uh, to the bathroom, just absolutely shattered. And uh, I, I accidentally like pissed on this guy's shoes next to me. And I nearly got my, I don't, can, am I allowed to curse on this show or is uh, I'll keep it clean. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I accidentally peed on this guy's shoes and he was about to, to, to beat me up pretty seriously. <laughs> and I always thought it was like a really funny scene. And I, 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 I it, there's an aspect of that in the first issue, but it pays off later in the, in, in the upcoming issues. And so kind of working in these fun aspects and, and, and comical scenes into your series, I think is important. And I'm glad that you mentioned that scene too, because that was the other scene that really like uh, hit home for me because I am definitely the type of person I hate when people are trying to talk to me in the bathroom. Like, no, this is, this is my time. Shut up. Like we can talk about anything once we're both in, you know, a different room, but no, no. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Like <laughs> eyes forward, mouth shut, you know, we're in the washroom. This is business. Right. <laughs> you know? So, uh, moving away from potty talk, uh, you are doing a Kickstarter uh, in the lead up to Resilience release. Uh, what are the details on that? Okay, so the book is in Previews Magazine. I'm super, super stoked about this. This is my first comic book uh, to be released by a publisher. So, if you're listening to this out there, um, you can go into your local comic book store and, and ask them to bring that book in for you. It's called Resilient. It's from Absolute Comics, April 28th. It's in Previews. Now, May 1st to May 10th, we have a host of uh, exclusive covers only available through the Kickstarter. Um, we've got covers by like guys like Ed Bennis, who did like Justice League, uh, the Chamba, who's worked on like Street Fighter, um, John Delaney from Adventures in the DC Universe and Simpsons. So we have exclusive covers that are only available on the Kickstarter. Um, and it's May 1st to 10th, so you can hit that Kickstarter and, and, and grab those, uh, grab all the covers if you want, or get, get your favorite artist one. And then, or you can go into your comic book store and, and order the book in for you. We've got three covers from there. Ali Garza is doing one. Um, he worked on Deadpool, Teen Titans, 
fantastic artist. And then uh, there's a lenticular cover that actually changes and moves as you, as you change it from Andy Bellinger from like Swamp Thing and uh, yeah, Southern Cross. And he's, he's a fantastic, fantastic talent that's made a really badass cover there too. So yeah, lots of options for you guys. Nice. Uh, so speaking of the art, uh, Resilient also features some amazing art by uh, Vins El Tabanas. Uh, so what was the creative process like for the two of you on this project? So... Vins is, is a super talented dude. I found him on Instagram. Um, he's insane. Like really like you, you'd think like this guy's got like a massive like wealth of uh, comic book experience, but he doesn't. He's actually worked mostly in video games. He's worked on like some huge properties like um, aliens and, and just like some fantastic things, but more in the video game realm. He's done like a few covers for Xenoscope and, and like, you know, kind of like the, the cheesecake sort of covers and things like that for those guys. Um, so I reached out to him and, uh, and we started working on it. Uh, Vince is a great, great dude. Uh, he's French. He's, he's from Paris, France. Uh, he's moved to Quebec city. And uh, so there's a little bit of a, a language barrier there. You know, sometimes I, he's like, what do you mean by this? And he'll, and, I'll, and I gotta like, well, I mean like this, you know, and I gotta like kind of explain my, my script a bit more, but he's, he's an awesome dude. Super nice, fantastic talent. Actually, we've been working on this book for like two years now. Oh, wow. I, I, I self-funded the first issue and it was a little pricey, uh, you know. And so I really wanted to kind of nail down a, a publisher before going on with the further issues and kind of continuing to pay for this thing. And, uh, and so I went to New York Comic Con, which if anyone's looking to crack into comics, I would really uh, recommend going to New York Comic Con in particular because... You can go to other conventions and maybe submit your book to people there. And there might be someone that could make a decision on your, on your property. But a lot of the times it'll just be like event staff. But if you go to New York comic con, um, there will most likely be an editor in chief on hand, you know, or, or a chief creative officer, someone that can actually give you a yes or no right there. And so that's what I did. I went to New York city comic con um, in 2019. And uh, yeah, I talked to Benny Powell, the editor in chief at Absolute Comics. And he's like, yeah, this book is dynamite. Let's, let's go ahead with it. And, uh, and so yeah, we signed up there. And then we've been working on we've already got like uh, four issues in the can. And uh, so yeah, so we're launching there. So yeah, um, yeah, Benzel Tavanis is fantastic. And, uh, and yeah, that's my advice. Go to New York Comic Con if you're looking to break in. Uh, so the characters in Resilient, they come from a lot of different backgrounds. You know, we talked about how, you know, the, uh, of the, the main couple, you know, she's a judo teacher, you know, he's, you know, got his own past. You've got the Mexican cartel. Uh, what's, uh, how much research goes into coming up with all of these different types of characters? Sure. Um, okay. So most of my heroes in my comic books are, uh, you know, female and uh, that's because all of the kind of most important people in my life are women. Uh, I've been with my wife now for 20 years and her name is actually Jolanda, which is the, the, the main character in the comic book is named after her. And uh, you know, I've got so many important people in my life, my mother-in-law, my mom, my cousin. And um, I, I really enjoy writing about women. I was a little bit nervous about 
just in today's kind of like politically correct culture, it seems like you can't write about anything that you are not, which I don't think is a great kind of uh, way to, to write. You know, like sometimes you have to step outside of yourself. And, you know, so the bad guys in the, in the comic book are like the Mexican cartel, which I was a little nervous about, to be honest with you, because I'm not Mexican, I'm Greek. And I do have, you know, Mexican friends. And they all said like, oh, okay, the, you know, I think the book's fun and, you know, no, no worries on that. But I was a little bit worried about kind of stepping outside of like what I 100% know and, and, and writing about other kind of uh, characters, especially with them being the villains. Now, this is one thing that I did is like I just made um, our, our heroine uh, Hispanic so that, you know, while, while, the, while the bad guys are Mexican, also our good guy is Mexican. I don't know if that kind of makes up for it or not. I'm kind of, you know, navigating this kind of new terrain as everyone always tries to be really conscientious of like not offending people. But at the same time, we're telling comic book stories. We got to have good guys. We got to have bad guys. So this is, this is just kind of where I'm at. So do you have a planned end to resilient or are you looking to maybe go back, uh, maybe go past like these four issues that you've got done already? Yeah, so we've got, um, uh, being part of the Absolute Comics universe is fantastic. Um, they've got the White Widow book, uh, I Make Boys Cry. They're known for like their excellent quality of, of uh, production. And uh, so I've got the, the series mapped out for a, a five issue kind of like self-contained uh, origin story. And then going past that, I have plans to uh, kind of expand uh, our characters into the absolute comics universe and have them interact with those with those other characters and some of their villains and things. Oh, nice. Uh, so Resilient is not your only book. What other stories are you working on or ha have worked on? Yeah, so I've got like a four series that I've been working on. So back in 2018, uh, I was 35 years old. And I kind of thought, you know what? It's time to just dive into this. I've always been wanting to work in comic books my entire life. As a kid, I had like a copy of like How to Draw Comics the Marvel Way uh, by John Buscema. And I like wore that book out, dude. I was just, I was constantly at the kitchen table drawing, thinking about comics. I'd make board games based off of comic books. And I just always wanted to live this, uh, have this be my career rather. And as I got older in high school, I got like distracted by like girls, not that I got any girls or anything like that, but I was distracted <laughs> by them. And, uh, and uh, it, it just kind of fell away from me. And, but it was always something that I wanted to do. I wanted to pursue a life of being a creative person. And, and, and then I, as I got older, I just kind of denied myself that ambition. I, I kind of thought like, well, it's not practical. Um, there's no place where you can really like just apply. I'm like, I just didn't know how to go about it. And I was really just terrified of rejection. And at 35 years old, I said, you know what? Forget that. I'm going to go after this. I'm not going to like continue to deny myself like what I want to pursue in my life because of fear. I'm actually going to go for it. And that was my biggest obstacle in my, uh, in my comic books career was actually just deciding to do it. Once I've decided to do it, I've been really fortunate and, uh, and things have been going great. 
my first property was called Fire Engine Red. Uh, it's kind of like Die Hard in a Forest Fire. It's about a female firefighter. She needs to rescue the boyfriend, uh, rescue her boyfriend, take down the armed mercenaries, and lots of actions and cheesy one-liners. Really fun book. I actually I sold that script, which never happens in comic books. I actually sold the script for real money <laughs> um, to a, a startup company that was called Comic Stream, and they were making like a, a digital comics app with all original content. And they hired the incredible Ali Garza from Deadpool and Teen Titans and all these other properties to illustrate my book. So that was my first, first comic. And uh, unfortunately, it doesn't look like Comic Stream is going to take off, um, but that property will be returning to me in the next year or so. Um, my second property was called Cover Darkness. Uh, it's, it's kind of like Game of Thrones meets the Universal Monsters. It's about a family that gets separated from each other and they encounter all these like terrible villains. And in like 2019, I hit the convention circuit hard. I did 18 cons and, uh, and sold that uh, book like uh, all across the country from like Los Angeles to New York, uh, New Orleans to Calgary, just all over the country I went. And uh, I actually had a few publishing offers on that book and uh, we're still kind of working out the details on that one. But it, it's a really cool book with the art by MJ Hemlin. And then lastly, my, my book that I just finished is a four issue miniseries. It's called Hybrid Force. It's a manga book. It's kind of for like ages eight to 14. And uh, I haven't even like submitted it to anybody, but it's like done. <laughs> <laughs> so I, can't, I can't wait to get out there with that too, maybe later this year. Nice. Yeah, when I was uh, checking out your uh, website, Fire Engine Red was one of the ones that uh, that really caught my eye. And you, I was already sold, but when you said it's full of you know one-liners, I'm like, yes, I I need this in my life right now. <laughs> yeah, and the art is like so so sick on it. It's one year, one year, and I get the rights back to it, and then I'm going to be out to out next year on that uh, promoting that one. So you've also got a YouTube channel. It's called Inside Comics. Uh, what can fans expect from those videos? Lots of info on the comic book industry. Thanks for asking, man. Um, uh, yeah, I, I interview all sorts of people from like Ed Brisson, who works on like Wolverine, uh, John Delaney, who worked on like Adventures of the DC Universe and Simpsons, to like indie comic guys who it's like their first book. And and just kind of getting people's take on the industry. And yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. That's another thing that I always wanted to do. And it's very, that's even more nerve wracking than writing something is standing in front of a camera and, 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 and making videos and putting them out every week. Um, and I feel like such a teenage girl just to be, you know, well, not to bang on teenage girls, but <laughs> man, I, like you put out a video and sometimes I'll get like 500 people to watch a video and it's like, I'm on top of the world. And right. then other times it's like 10 people watch it and they're like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like just so devastating emotionally. <laughs> but uh, I, one thing that's really nice about YouTube is I really like creating videos and it doesn't cost me anything. Whereas comic books, as a writer, it costs me for art, like, continuously. So there's always kind of that, like, stress of, like, is this thing uh, worthwhile? Is it going to pay off in the end? Because I need to, like, recoup my costs as, like, a family man, you know? So the, the, that's one thing that's really nice about YouTube is, like, it's just my time. And, and I love doing it. So, yeah, I hope people will come in and tune in. 
Uh, I, lots of great tips for anyone who's thinking about making comic books. I think there's tons of info that I really learned the hard way. <laughs> so, so yeah, come and watch. And I've, I checked out a couple of uh, episodes and I do want to say like, I am the type of person with, with YouTube videos, like if it's past like a certain length of time, I'm like, I don't care what the subject is. It's like, I'm not going to watch it. But like the majority of your videos are in like the 10 minute range that I've noticed. And so that's, I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate that too. That's why I make them like that. Sometimes I get people that just like ramble on and I'm like, come on, dude. Like, you're going to make me edit this thing so much. <laughs> like, come on, just keep it concise, please. Right. So uh, speaking of advice, because uh, you said that you had learned a lot with Inside Comics. I know we talked earlier uh, about, uh, you know, hitting New York Comic Con. But what other advice do you have for anyone who's wanting to break into comics? Uh, one thing is um, realize that not all Comic Cons are created equally. <laughs> I thought that, uh, like, I had done a few cons on the West Coast here, and I thought, like, oh, I'm going to hit, like, 100,000 people there. And as an indie person, you're really, really... Uh, you really need uh, foot traffic in front of your booth. Um, it's not enough just to make your comic book. You actually have to go out and sell it if you want to make any money on it or at least recoup your costs. You have to be a salesman. That's like, that is 75% of the job, honestly, is selling your book. And so you need to talk to people. When I'm at a convention, I stand up the whole time for three days straight. I like to look people in the eye when they come up to my table. So if I'm sitting down and they're standing up across, uh, across from the table, it just doesn't really work. So I like to look at them in the eye and like kind of have some energy and explain to them what my book is and why I think they would like it. Um, and then planning your conventions appropriately, right? Because like I said, they're not all created equally. I actually went to like some really small markets, um, thinking that like I was going to have like this great success like, that I had had in like Vancouver or Seattle or Portland. And I went to like Madison, Wisconsin and Columbus, Ohio. And it was not, it was not great because it was, there wasn't enough foot traffic. And, and as an indie person, no one's coming to see you. I'm not Rob Liefeld. No one's coming to get their de Deadpool first appearance signed by me, you know? So I really need people walking by. And if there's no one walking by, then I'm not making any money. So, in order to come home, because I'm a, I a family man, I got a minivan, I drove all the way out there in my van. Uh, I started like sleeping in my van <laughs> to just come home with a few bucks, you know, because I didn't want to like leave my wife and daughter for a month because I had four, four cons and four weeks planned and, and spent all my money on hotel and restaurants. I wanted to come home with a few dollars. So I'm staying at truck stops and showering there. And it, it kind of felt rock and roll. <laughs> But it also kind of felt homeless. You know? <laughs> it's kind of that mix there. Um, so yeah, plan out your conventions. And one thing I've also, when uh, I worked as an associate editor a little bit for, uh, uh, for the comic stream company, the startup company. And anyone who's thinking about breaking into comics, you got to have killer art. No one's going to read your book. Like if you're a writer, and your art and your book stinks, no one's even going to read it. You really, like that's, they say that the first issue is bought for the art and the second issue is bought for the story. 
it's pretty important that people buy the first issue. <laughs> you know what I mean? So you really gotta, you gotta bring it home with the art. You know, if you can't afford a good artist, get a second job, you know, save up that money. If your art skill isn't, isn't where it needs to be, well, get it where it needs to be. Like that's, it's honest, like just straight up, like you gotta, you gotta have killer art to, to make it in comics. And that's, that's one thing I'm really fortunate with resilient Vince Altabanis. He's a fantastic talent. Right. And so people will actually read my book because the art's good enough for them to decide to read it. Yeah. And that's, that is 100% right. I mean, there are a handful of writers out there that like, I will pick up the first issue of anything they write, even if it's like the, it's drawn with stick characters, but you know, especially like, cause I am definitely the type of person like I'll, I've got my pulls, but at the same time, like I'll, I will always check out the new releases and kind of like I'll flip through pages and you know, the cover can grab me enough to flip through it. But if I'm not interested in it, yeah, it's going right back on the shelf. Yeah, no, it's true. Like, I felt bad too. Cause I had friends in the industry too, that would like send me their book and they'd be like, well, do you think, do you think you guys will publish this? And I'd just be like, no. <laughs> and I'm like, well, did you read it? Well, no, man. Like the art's not, the art's not where it needs to be. Yeah. So um, thanks to COVID uh, we have, you know, we've been out without cons for seems like forever. Uh, what have you or any of your fellow creators done to adapt in order to still reach an audience? Yeah, so a lot of people were kind of thinking that this was going to be like the worst year ever, like financially. It's been pretty the worst. It's pretty. It has been pretty much the worst year emotionally, because I love making comics and I love getting out there selling them. But financially, like a lot of my peers uh, have, you know, landed jobs in animation. In the meantime, you know, with streaming services picking up so many things, there's a lot of gigs out there. So I know a lot of artists have been doing that. For myself, I actually got this like kind of strange job. Uh, I met this uh, scientist at a convention and he wanted to have comic books made about himself huh. as a superhero. And uh, so I, 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 it came at the best time because I actually quit my day job March 2020. I, I quit my day job. I had 18 conventions planned out for the rest of uh, 2020. And that's what I was going to be doing. That's, that was going to replace my, my income. And then the world just kind of went to hell. And, and all of that went away. And so I called up the scientist guy. I'm like, are you still interested in, in making these books about yourself? And he's like, yeah, let's do it. And I was like, all right. So, you know, he's, he's the creative genius behind these, these properties. Uh, they're up on Webtoons. Uh, anybody who wants to check out Omega Morphosis, um, go ahead. There's a talking Bigfoot. There's all sorts of crazy science fiction kind of adventure. Um, and it's really kind of the brainchild of this uh, Andy Gwaltney, um, uh, a scientist in, in my hometown here that hired me to write comic books about himself and saved my bacon last year. Yeah, I, I, I think I know what I'm going to be doing tonight after, after we talk. <laughs> that sounds awesome. <laughs> so uh, with cons slowly you know, starting to come back and with vaccines rolling out, uh, do you plan on trying to work any uh, upcoming conventions or, you, or do you still want to hold off a little bit? Oh, I want to get back at it as soon as possible. I've got, I have a road trip planned for the East Coast for August, uh, Boston, Washington, Orlando, and Toronto. So four cons in four weeks. 
taking my wife and daughter this time. I better make enough money to <laughs> pay for the hotel. Or uh, <laughs> I won't be sleeping on the couch. I'll be sleeping on the front seat of the car. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I love conventions. They're so much fun. And uh, yeah, I have a few planned. Uh, up here in Canada, we're really strict on our like COVID stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I, we're not doing as well in the United States as the United States is. We've got, I think, 5%, whereas you've got almost 30% of your population vaccinated. And so we actually have a mandatory hotel stay. It's like $2,000 uh, that you have to pay if you come back into the country and uh, from flying abroad. And I actually have cons booked uh, Vegas in May. I'm doing Days of the Dead with my monster book. And then I have a uh, mad monster party party in Arizona uh, in Ju- July. And I'm hoping, I don't think I'm going to be able to do the one in, in Vegas, but I'm hoping to be in July in, in Arizona, but I need this, uh, this $2,000 mandatory hotel stay to go away. Cause it kind of like eats up like all my profits basically. basically so yeah. it doesn't really make sense. And then you have to do a two week quarantine, which is like basically like home uh, house arrest. So that's, that's tough. It's yeah. tough to travel right now. I'm hoping August will be good. Yeah. I have August, September, October. I have a bunch of shows. Awesome. Uh, so I just have a couple more questions for you. Uh, how can people find you online? Oh, uh, at comic book George on Instagram. And uh, come, come find me on YouTube, uh, Inside Comics. Nice. Uh, finally, who should read Resilient and remind us how and when people can get their hands on the book. Well, anybody who likes kind of revenge fantasy, uh, you know, death wish, kill bill action movies in general. If you like kind of snappy dialogue, like I don't want to compare myself to these guys, but if you like (laughs) things similar to like Quentin Tarantino, Kevin Williamson, Kevin Smith, it's kind of have like a bit of banter to them. Those are my influences that I love, and I tried to uh, put that into the into the book. Um, the The series is available through Previews Magazine on uh, April twenty eighth in comic book stores. Sorry, I got the fire truck going by my office here. Uh, um, Kickstarter with exclusive covers, including covers by like guys like uh, Ed Bennis from Justice League, uh, John Delaney. Uh, the Chamba on Kickstarter, May 1st to 10th. And then finally it'll be in stores on June 30th. I'm so excited. It's my first book, dude. Thanks for having me on the show. It it means the world to me. Absolutely. George, thank you so much for talking to us. Uh, I, I look forward uh, to, to holding the copy in my hands and, and reading it again. It was fantastic. So have a great day. All right. Right on, man. Thank you.